Chapter Six of the Wild Irishman by Thomas William Hodgson, T. W. H. Crossland. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by John Brandon. Chapter Six, Orangeman. In matters Irish, it is quite usual to talk of aiming at the manifestly impossible. If we could get rid of the priests, some say, Ireland would be a happy country but nobody suggests how it is to be done, because everybody knows full well that it cannot be done, and nobody pretends to be quite sure that benefits would result if it were done. For myself, I believe that one of the most salutary things that could be done for Ireland at the present moment would be to get rid of the orange men. Though they are, of course, a much older organization, they occupy in Ireland pretty much the same position as the passive resisters occupy in this country. In other words, while they proclaim themselves to be the friends of liberty, they are in reality nothing more nor less than the friends of intolerance and tyranny. A grand orange demonstration will be held in Donegal on Tuesday, 12th July, 1898. Who fears to speak of Derry, Ogram, and the Boyne? Papists, stand aside. We conquered you before, and can do so again. Our motto still is, down with home rule, hurrah for King William, and to hell with the Pope. This is a sample orange proclamation quoted by Mr. M. J. F. McCarthy in Five Years in Ireland. Now, 75% of the population of Ireland are Roman Catholics. What is more, they are Roman Catholics of the devoutest and most devoted type. Probably the Orangemen do not number 10% of the population, yet they are allowed to insult the head of the Roman Church in the grossest manner with absolute impunity. If any secret society or other body in Ireland were to post a notice in Donegal tomorrow, announcing a grand national demonstration, and winding up with some ejaculatory remark as to hell with Mr. Balfour, there would be arrests and terms of imprisonment and howls from every corner of England. It goes without saying that the Pope is not Mr. Balfour, and when His Holiness is wished to hell, nobody is really a penny the worse. But can it be claimed for a moment that there is either justice or reason in allowing such insults to be placarded in the midst of a Catholic population? Nobody above the level of a Scotch Presbyterian would attempt to justify anything of the kind. It may be that when the Orange Lodges were founded, they had a use and were necessary for the protection of the Protestant religion against the wiles of Roman Catholicism. At the present moment they serve no purpose whatever that is not essentially evil. In point of fact, they are organized centers for the encouragement of bibliowist sentiment and the open flaunting of the power of an ill-conditioned minority over a decent and fairly tolerant majority. The Protestant religion in Ireland must be in a distinctly parlous condition if it requires any such backing or any such protection. The fact is that nothing of the sort is necessary, or believed to be necessary even by the more bigoted Irish Protestants. That being so, Orangeism would seem to be ripe for extirpation. If the English government were as secular as it is commonly held to be, the Orange Lodges would have short shrift. 
it is their supposed connection with religious liberty which shields them from suppression yet every irishman protestant or catholic knows well that the religious element in orangeism is little more than pure farce the entire orange forces of ireland could not muster a couple of saints lay or clerical to save their lives at the present time the orange faction is literally powerless to do anything but create disturbances which are in effect street rows of the most vulgar and ill-considered nature the stoning of cardinals belongs properly to the same order of sport as the baiting of jews neither pastime would be tolerated for a moment in england why the northern irish should be indulged passes comprehension the majority in ireland is green and catholic as opposed to a tiny minority of orange and protestant the majority has an admitted right to its way in england why not in ireland much has been said as to the sinfulness and wickedness of mr gladstone in disestablishing the irish church i am not sure that even the catholics are quite convinced that mr gladstone's action was wise but one thing is certain namely that the disestablishment of the irish church was eminently just having regard to the relative position of religious parties in the country the suppression of the orange lodges or at any rate the penalization of orange demonstrations ought to have followed a matter of course there will never be real peace nor content in ireland till orangeism is deprived of its present scandalous powers of annoyance disturbance and tyranny toleration on both sides catholic and protestant is the only hope for a united ireland or for an ireland that is to work out its own social and political salvation and you cannot have tolerance where you have an organization of chartered reactionaries who in spite of their alleged religious purpose are little removed whether in temper or intention from the common hooligans of london the irish catholic church which after all possesses some say over its adherents has during late years done all that lies in its power to prevent collisions between catholics and orangemen it avoids as far as is possible the occasions of such collision it is careful neither to provoke nor challenge and in practice it literally turns the other cheek the irish protestant church is equally anxious for peace and equally assiduous in its efforts to secure it yet orangeism flaunts itself at large and without let or hindrance it furnishes forth riots o monday at its own sweet will and hoots and mobs and waves crimson handkerchiefs and throws stones and breaks windows and heads to its heart's content there is really nobody to say it nay authority stands by and winks for is it not the great principle of protestantism that is being protected and are not these same orangemen vigorous and violent anti-home rulers herein indeed you have the true inwardness of the modern english attitude toward king william's men the domestic quietude of ireland and the religious freedom of two-thirds of her population cannot be of the remotest consequence compared with the maintenance of the union 
that ireland no longer seeks home rule does not matter orangeism has severed the unionist passing well in the day that is just past let it reap its reward in the shape of leave and license it deserves well of england who shall raise a finger against it and moreover it is scotch and the scotch of the backbone of ireland as of england manners and morals and all other decent things on one side as i indicated at the beginning of this chapter to attempt to rid ireland of orangemen were to attempt the impossible but to deprive orangeism of english approval and countenance is possible break up the lodges bring to bear on the suppression of orange demonstrations and orange disturbances one tithe of the forces you brought to bear against irish nationalism and you will have gone a great way toward removing the last obstacles to the peace and contentment of the irish people as a body end of chapter 6 recording by john brandon